Hi. I Hi. Know, like, I haven't seen you in approximately like four weeks. We actually haven't seen each other. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. I know we've uh, been on a little bit of a hiatus. Um, a life... little bit is a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're running on week four of no episodes that we've published, but um, you know, life happened. We had finals. Spring break happened. Spring break happened, and then we've been all over the place with travel. I um, got vaccinated, so we that took are vaxxed people. Um, <laughs> that sounded inappropriate, but you know what I meant. Um, <laughs> yes, we were vaccinated, so things are looking up. Um, we hope all of you had an amazing spring break, break, end of spring one, whatever, whatever, whatever event you've had in your life. I hope it went well. Um, we're really, really excited to be back um, this week. We have an incredible guest with us, which if you're in the Fuqua community, I think you, you probably you've heard already of know. Needs um, no introduction. He's kind of a celebrity on campus, <laughs> but like I've been following him for a very long time. So when definitely uh, a Fuqua influence. Yes, and I was like, I just want to be friends with him, but I don't know how to be friends with him. And now I've I've gotten the opportunity to. So we're very excited to have him. Before we introduce him and get the show on the road, we'll do a quick update. Danny, how's life? How are things going? How's life? I feel like life is really good. I feel like spring one, I don't know where I was. Like <laughs> it's unclear what classes was I taking. I kind of I feel like I got my internship and then just stopped functioning. It's just like ceased to exist as a person. Um in a real way. So I don't even remember, I don't know, couldn't tell you what I learned last term, but we're here now. So taking actual classes again, pretending to be a student, um, felt really great about going on spring break. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think overall, it's just been really nice to feel like the world, at least in our corner of the world is starting to normalize Mm -hmm. again and like getting to meet our classmates and getting vaccinated. I have like a new energy. Um, it's been good. What's going on in your world? I have to agree. I last term was kind of a blur. I took like two, three classes, so it was it like never nothing. Happened. Yeah. Um, and so I had so much free time. I got to see more people. Some people that were, you know, hiding and doing recruiting stuff finally came out to play. So I got to see a little bit more of that. <laughs> I was a functioning human, so I got to see um a little bit more of Durham and classmates and just like it felt, I agree, it was like a sense of normalcy that was kind of sort of coming back in. And, and I was, also like winter's over and I just feel like people are coming out like mm-hmm. vaxxed and waxed. Like people are just like, <laughs> people are coming out to play and seeing what's behind the mask. That is I'm the vibe like, of the summer. That is the vibe correct. of the summer. So I'm very much excited <laughs> about that. But um, yeah, we're, we're excited to be back and without much further ado, we're going to introduce our celebrity guest for the week. Um, it's Chard, guys. It's He's here. He's alive. He's our best dressed guest that we've had. I'm not going to lie. We're slumming it. No. We're like, slumming. I'm like sweaty from like the workout that I just did. And he's like has a matcha in his hand. He looks good. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. He did this not come today. to play. He, he did, did not come, come to play. No. Um, <laughs> we're very excited that he's here, but I'm going to shut up and let him introduce himself. Hey everyone, it's Chard here. Um, <laughs> as you know, if you stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. <laughs> I need that tattoo somewhere. <laughs> I need that tattoo um, somewhere. But yeah, I'm a first year uh, daytime MBA student along with Sonia and Danny. And I'm from Section 3. 
born and raised in the Philippines, first time living in the States. Um, and yeah, it's just been an experience. And like, I'm so happy to have this opportunity with you guys. And I, I'm just so excited. Yay, we're very excited to have you here. Um, before we get like into like questions and stuff, like talk about life in Philippines growing up and what made you yeah. come to Fuqua and how we have this incredible personality here oh, on campus. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, I grew up actually not in, I'm, I'm not from Manila. Okay. So I didn't grow up in the big city. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a very small coastal town. Um, and I was, so I'm Filipino Chinese, actually pure Chinese, but like born and raised in the Philippines. So I'm a second, third generation um, mm-hmm. immigrant family um, in the Philippines. And it's been great. Mm-hmm. I, the Philippines is just wonderful. I hope I can bring you all guys, like all of oh. you to visit it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're organizing a trip. Um, we're doing it. Um, and like, it's just amazing there. Um, it's very different from the US. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the issues and like the the challenges that every society has mm-hmm. its own challenges mm-hmm. and problems. Um, a lot of them are very different in the Philippines, being in the third world country, being in Southeast Asia. Um, and really like, I wanted like a, 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 like a global education and mm-hmm. like a, a different worldview. So having spent my undergrad in the Philippines, I wanted to have like, uh, I wanted to go to graduate school in a different country. Mm-hmm. And so, I chose the States because education here is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, We've been uh, told, apparently it is, yes. Great yeah. and expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and expensive. Um, Ask me how many dollars I have in my bank account right about now. It's please like, don't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I chose Fuqua. Fuqua was one of my like top two choices. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't have like a, a, a top one. It was like mm-hmm. two that I really wanted. and. Fuqua was one of those, and it's mainly because of like the really strong connection with the Duke Health System. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I grew up in a family of doctors. Both mm-hmm. my parents and my three older siblings are all doctors, and oh, I was like, so what? So you're not? What happened to you? <laughs> yeah, the youngest of four. He was like, we have enough. We go we, <laughs> do something else. <laughs> we, we we reached our quota. <laughs> we got enough MGs. Yeah, so I need the other letters after my name. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, somebody has to handle the business side of the uh, of our family business, mm-hmm. which is like an ambulatory surgical center. Mm-hmm. So, and I think just people, just in general, like the vibe of it, the HSM, mm-hmm. um, the Duke Health System, the culture, and everything was just like a really great fit for me. Mm-hmm. And so. That's why I'm here. That's why she's in Durham. That's why she's in Durham. I love it. I have a question because like when we were talking before, you were talking about your college experience and going to a Jesuit like university and how that shaped your experience. And I'd love to hear just a little bit about that. Yeah. So the Philippines is predominantly Roman Catholic. We were um, a colony of Spain for 333 years. Um, They brought religion into the Philippines. And that's really been the main thing. Um, a lot of the universities are all like Catholic universities, um, and my university was particularly run by Jesuit priests, mm-hmm. um, and it was one of the top universities, but also very very religious. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this core curriculum on top of like our majors, so mm-hmm. if even if you were like a political science major or a history major or a business administration mm-hmm. major, 
everybody had a core curriculum that they had to take. Mm -hmm. And part of that core, cur cur core curriculum was like 12 credits of philosophy, 12 credits of like theology. Mm -hmm. And that really was like a game changer for me because like for a lot of people, it's like, why do I have to take this? I'm not, I'm not a philosophy major, mm -hmm. I'm not a theology major. But like, you have to remember that you are your job maybe eight, 10 hours a day, but mm -hmm. you're a human being the rest, like all 24 hours mm -hmm. of the day. And you have to be able to humanize a lot of the things that you do and you can't be just your job, just your major. You have to be able to be part of society and mm -hmm. understand the different nuances of that. Yeah, yeah. So, to be a whole person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because I've noticed this and I think it varies kind of where you are in the US, but and I'm curious to get your perspective. But it's like when you introduce yourself, you're like, Hi, my name is Danny. And then the very first question is like, what do you do? Yeah. You know, and there's such a like so much of your identity is tied to like like what you're doing mm -hmm. at that particular moment. You're a student, you're a doctor, you're whatever and i just think it's interesting because you're right like i think we're not just what we do it's such an oversimplification of who we are yeah. to just like go straight to that it's interesting yeah because you try to extrapolate certain qualities of like oh if i am in marketing maybe i use one side of my brain i'm a little bit more creative yeah versus if you're like a data analyst oh i'm like a wizard you can be a lot of other things and totally. it, that's true i never thought of it that way um, I also went to a Jesuit undergrad. I went to St. Louis. Nice. And so I remember taking theology and philosophy. And I'm not going to lie to the philosophy classes. I was like, why? Why am I here? <laughs> it was an 8 a.m. and I was not. It was like torture no, for Not me. trying to philosophize. No, I was not. I was like, just, I just. just I, my the meaning of life is like really <laughs> far behind your coffee schedule. Like, like the coffee wouldn't sink in by the end of class. And I'm like, this is what torture feels like. Like I hated it. But the theology classes I enjoyed because I like didn't grow up in, in like Western theology or something like that. So I enjoyed learning about all that kind of stuff. And I did notice like a lot of like the Jesuit ideals and um, philosophies were like embedded in the university as well. Mm -hmm. And within the students, so I particularly enjoyed that as well, yeah. even though I wasn't part of that faith or, or anything like that. So that's very, very interesting. Um, given that like undergraduate experience you had what did you want differently out of your graduate experience i guess yeah i guess in my graduate experience i was really looking for like people of different backgrounds um my my undergraduate experience was of course again it was like predominantly catholic mm -hmm. at the same time um it was a it was a top university in the Philippines, meaning it's also a very expensive university in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have a lot of student loans, so a lot of it is out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And really like the, the diversity of people that I interacted with was, I guess, not that diverse. Mm -hmm. um, and so I really wanted to have a global perspective mm -hmm. um, and be able to interact with people of different cultures, mm -hmm. of different socioeconomic statuses, mm -hmm. of, different, um, of different professions. And I, I, I feel like, that's what FIFA brings to the table in terms mm -hmm. of like being able to expose me to all these different things. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's, 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 I think what I'm looking for, honestly, like how to work with all these people. Mm -hmm. um, it, I, I, when I was in my undergraduate, I, I initially thought like, wow, these are like, they're all awesome people. And like, but then I guess the diversity really wasn't in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I really appreciate like how diversity, equity, and inclusion are like 
embedded into FIFA and like mm -hmm. um, in all our subjects. Like, my, I'm taking a diversity and talent management course. Oh, okay. Um, it's like an HR course. So, mm -hmm. but more than HR, it's talking about okay, how can we move HR to be more diverse, to be more inclusive, mm -hmm. to be more equitable? Yeah. And like, if this was a course in the Philippines or like, and and my undergraduate, it would probably be more about like, this is. This is recruitment. This is onboarding. This yeah. is compensation and yeah. benefits. All the, the technical, technical stuff. Side of it, yeah. yeah, but then I, I appreciate all that. Um, the 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 colors that we put into the the courses. That, we mm -hmm. that is interesting. And then, so I'm curious. You grew up in like a Roman Catholic background, and then you went to a Jesuit university. So would you say that um, faith or religion kind of is is important to you? Do you look for it in like the places you go or the people you see or the social groups you interact with or anything like that. Yeah, so actually, interestingly, because I'm Chinese, I grew up in a Roman Catholic Buddhist household. Oh, that's quite the mixture. Um, <laughs> when I was a kid, we you know those incense sticks that like yeah. Chinese have? Yeah. I, we would pray to that to Jesus. And I was like, Mom, is the smoke going to be confused on where to go? Should they go to like our ancestors or like Buddha? <laughs> or should they go to Jesus? Like, and my mother was just like, why, why did I have this child? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta ask the tough questions. The smoke will disperse. Look up on places. Yes. Um, I, we, had, um, we had the cross, like mm -hmm. uh, a statue of the cross mm -hmm. beside Buddha. Okay. And, and we prayed to both of them in the morning. That's so at the same time. Did you recognize at that age, at a young age, that you were unique in that way? Like maybe that, and I don't, maybe I'm naive about it. Like, is that a common thing? That's a common thing in the Philippines. Okay. I know a lot of people who are like Roman Catholic and Buddhist, okay. yeah. and they don't see any conflicts. Okay. That. And mm -hmm. I, I, I never cool. saw any conflict with that as well. But I mean, like, more chances to go to heaven. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta optimize. I don't need an MBA to know that. No. Um, but no, like it's, it's like I'm. I don't know. It's like what they call like maybe a cafeteria style of things like you, oh you, totally a la carte like yeah. let me get my incense let me get my cross yeah let me get, get the holy water yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so sprinkle it everywhere um, it's great it's just like i think my buddhism is rooted more in like my respect for my ancestors mm -hmm. um understanding that their past has informed my present yeah and that what they have gone through has shaped who I am today and how I'm living my life today. My Roman Catholicism is really more about like the universal power, the, the powers that be. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, like I'm very like it was hard for me to to reconcile being gay and being Roman Catholic because of just like the narrative that the Catholic Church espouses yeah, and all of that. Yeah. Um, and so for a while, I actually was pretty agnostic. Mm -hmm. Like not atheist, but yeah. agnostic. Yeah. Um, and I went into my Jesuit university agnostic. Yeah. I didn't have a god to believe in. Mm -hmm. um, I thought there was. I, I thought there was a greater power that that pre presides over us. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what that greater power generally was. Mm -hmm. um, is that the general difference? And I, I might be just ignorant. Atheist is there's there's, no. there's nothing. There's nothing. Um, and then agnostic is there is something. I'm just not gonna. There's no, there's I'm not, no label. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, but then I went through all these classes. I went through all these experiences, mm -hmm. and I came out of my my undergrad mm -hmm. having like a really strong Roman Catholic faith. It's really like a Jesuit 
like just with face to face um and that's mainly because of like i did a five day silent retreat so this five day silent retreat is like every graduating class has the opportunity to go to like a um uh uh where do, what do you call the the place where priests train if we're talking like a monster <laughs> like a monastery but i don't think it's a monastery i don't think it's monastery. something that's like an abbey like an abbey yeah yeah but then um, i'm just stuck on the fact that you need to be silent for yeah days. so because that would be very yeah. hard <laughs> the options were three days five days or eight days i was like three days seems short mm-hmm. Eight that seems, seems short okay eight days seems too Excessive. much we're doing we're doing five days um and so during that five days you couldn't talk to anyone mm-hmm. um in the morning you would wake up have breakfast in silence mm-hmm. um and then they would gather you mm-hmm. and you they would talk about maybe a bible verse or a story about saint ignatius mm-hmm. or like the, the life so of the priests were talking just yeah. not y'all yeah <laughs> they were talking for like a very short amount of time danny's like there was then, noise happening yeah, there was noise there was noise <laughs> but it was in a very peaceful place in the mountains um great place mm-hmm. again i would take you guys there if I could. um but then yeah so they would give you something to reflect upon and you would all go your separate ways find your spot um and find god in whatever place you find it wow so and did you like, know just a clarifying question like did you identify as a gay man when you were going into this retreat or was this something that you kind of reflected through as you were off the retreat? Yeah, so I came in um, gay and out. I was out by that time. And I honestly didn't know that was going to be my takeaway. Mm. Um, like, I didn't know I was struggling with so much internal like homophobia and also like this conflict between being wanting to be Catholic, but also being a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't really realize until I got there that it's like, hey, this is something I'm struggling with, and maybe this is something I should concentrate on this next five days. Mm-hmm. And so the really the, the the light bulb moment was when I was just reflecting on like that are we're all children of God and like this love that I have for men or like mm-hmm. being like this my homosexuality um, makes me want to be a better person every day. It makes me want to be more compassionate. Um, all my relationships, I've wanted to be like better every single passing day. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to be more generous. I've wanted to be more, um, more just. I wanted to be more loving. Mm-hmm. And and this whole like idea of love and compassion is very very like um, I think it's 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 been very like like it's murky in the catholic mm-hmm. world because mm-hmm. there's a lot of narrative of hate and like prejudice and like mm-hmm. division but underneath all of it i think there's the love within it mm-hmm. and like i just i just asked myself like would god hate a love that makes me a better person every day would god hate me for loving in a way that makes me become um god-like yeah like and and, and he made us in his own image Mm -hmm. um we're not there yet we're always striving to be Mm -hmm. in his image and so i i think like i am slowly like i am more in his image the more i love Mm -hmm. the more i love this way yeah Mm -hmm. and so why will that stop me from being both catholic and gay yeah that's 
really beautiful. Church in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I just <laughs> took took me to church. Um, that's really beautiful. I, I I think that that's so true. I think that this like level of compassion for other people is just so critical. It's critical to like forming relationships. It's mm-hmm. critical to connecting with others and like. Faith is something that we haven't really touched upon no. that much, but I do think that that's definitely something worth exploring further. And I think we all like it's it's definitely a question that like I've grappled with mm-hmm. personally. Um, and each of us has to kind of reconcile what we believe with who we think that we are. Exactly. I think even outside of the podcast, even personally, we haven't really talked. It's not something that I talk about or I bring up because you never know what question you can ask or what assumption you're innately making that is sometimes offensive because like when you look at a lot of Indian people you're like oh you must be Hindu or you must be Muslim or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever it is and it's not the case there's so many different like variations of a religion and so many like different parts of it that people identify with people don't and I knew growing up that was something that was different because I grew up in a predominantly white Christian Catholic town and I was the only brown person there. Um, so like you, that's not something that was celebrated, I think back in the early 2000s or like late nineties when we were growing up, but yeah. it is now. So like when I see my younger cousins going through it, there's so much more diversity and different backgrounds and grade schools and growing up, it is a conversation that they were having, Yeah. but it wasn't something that I was having when I was growing up. Like, so do you feel like you were kind of you ostracized yourself like you didn't want to talk about your faith yeah I think so because I think and this probably and I can't speak for all immigrants or people uh, parents who are immigrants I think your biggest concern growing up is assimilating you don't Mm want to stick out because when you stick out you're prone to more I don't know um assumptions about yourself discrimination or anything like that so when you're going to a growing up in a town where it is predominantly white in your high school and your middle school there's not that much diversity you don't want to stick out so you are going to want to wear the colored contacts and wear the straight hair and you know wear the abercrombie and fitch i mean that was what i grew up with it didn't like you don't want to bring the indian food for lunch because they're like oh why does it smell and now indian food is like a big thing and it's like the cool thing to do and i'm like cool 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 remember in middle school when that wasn't cool guys (laughs) um like chai is a thing now like turmeric lattes are seven dollars and i'm like this shit did not exist 25 years ago, but great. Like, I'm glad we're celebrating it now, but growing up in, I think our generation at the tail end of whatever generation we are, that was not, you didn't want to, you didn't want to stick out like a sore thumb. You, your constant, I think, internal struggle is proving that you do belong. Yeah. Like I didn't, I wasn't born in this country. I moved here when I was three, but my, I have that even now where you have the burden of proving that you are American and you're American enough to be here. Which is interesting because as you were talking about all of these things that have like Indian roots, yeah. it's there's this like narrative that's playing in my head right now between like, cel- you called it celebrating, but there's yeah. also this element of like appropriating. Oh yeah, of course. Where it's like, okay, now turmeric is cool yeah exactly So like that's now something that's like part of the mainstream mm-hmm. that's been like appropriated exactly in the mainstream and it's like but this is such an integral part of your culture that was not really celebrated before mm-hmm. people decided that that was like yeah a cool thing yeah. 
And I struggle with that word because on one part, I'm like, I'm glad more people are discovering it because yay, it's cool. But I'm also sad that I'm going to have to say it like a white person or someone that was born in this country had to be the person. It was cool. Turmeric is dope put it in now. some milk and charge seven dollars yeah. for it and it is cool now i'm like guys it costs 25 fucking cents so like it's fine but um like that's the problem you want it to be you want it to be celebrated more people to discover it because they're like wow this is like why it's so great but also why did it take this particular kind of person to amplify it for you to believe it yeah so i think and i think it's like in a hassan minaj like his special his homecoming special where he talks about it where it, the burden of proof falls on the person that's not American to prove that they're American rather than giving them the benefit of the doubt or not even having to give the benefit of the doubt of you do belong. It's a country of immigrants. So why is it so, I mean, it leads to a much larger conversation, but I connect with that a lot. I know I technically grew up here, but I grew up here in a very like, like town. Like I, I like went to a white school, um, yes. even an undergrad and I'm here at Duke, which is like a very privileged part of North Carolina. So it's interesting. Identity is a very interesting concept. And I think like it's great that a lot of people are celebrating mm-hmm. diversity now. Yeah. But I think we have to be careful, careful of making a spectacle out of yes this, of mm-hmm. our yeah. of the cultures that we're celebrating. Yeah. Probably. Like I don't want to be made into like a spectacle and like a I don't want I don't want my culture a to token. be romanticized. Yeah, and, yeah. Like like there's just something wrong I think with like being like hey this is cool now but like i was bullied for that yeah yeah like 2.5 years ago exactly i've been telling you this the whole time i know like when people go to coachella and like do all of like the bindis and all the jewelry and i'm like that's i I understand you think that's beautiful but there's history behind that there's meaning behind that like a like an indian person would have just randomly haphazardly do that that's not something that you do for cool exactly. it's a it's a tradition and it's a cultural thing oh 100 um, black people too yeah I, like braids and just like talking about hair and, and like now that's cool whereas like when i was younger and had to get cornrows because mm-hmm. i if i i was like forced to take a swim class yeah. and like my hair would have forced been a disaster if I didn't have cornrows and like wasn't cool, was teased for that then. But now it's like we have everybody, everybody out here, the Kardashians walking out with cornrows, and, and it's just like the whole thing is just really interesting. So I do think there there is like a fine line between like celebration and appropriation, and I think we're like consi- we're continuously like trying to straddle this line of yeah. like where it falls. Yeah. Um, but you can't really understand culture without trying to imitate it or trying to be it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like when I go, when I meet people from different backgrounds, like I just want to understand how food works, how clothing works, like how tradition works. Like how does like the dinner table look like for you guys? Cause like for us, it wasn't 6 PM in my home. You sat down at a dinner. It was whenever you got home, like sitting at a dining table, isn't really a thing for my family. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of stand, we eat with our hands. Cause like it's culturally, that's what you're yeah. supposed yeah. to do um so it's for me that's what's interesting like i don't have to do it your way i just want to understand what the roots are of it yeah and i think a lot of people struggle with or a lot of people assume that just because they're celebrating it they're understanding it and i'm like that's not really true because yeah. if you understood it you wouldn't put it be putting a bindi during coachella Correct. just gonna put that out there um, um i think when we start talking about allyship like, mm-hmm. it's important to be visible but it's also important to be informed Yes. Mm-hmm. So you want to be informed and visible at the same time. Yeah. Because it's not enough to show that like 
I'm an ally. This mm -hmm. is great. I like that's great and all. But yeah. like, do you know the history? Do you know the yeah. relevance? Do mm -hmm. you appreciate where the culture, like the context of all this is coming mm -hmm. from? Right. And like, I think that's what we have to struggle with. Like, yeah. And and coming here, like, um, like uh, as an international mm -hmm. student, like, I feel like a lot of my diverse experiences being celebrated, but also I don't want to be like I have. We have to appreciate the interdimensionality of the POC experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're all we're 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 not all of the same experiences, and mm -hmm. understanding the different perspectives that different people have to bring to the table, mm -hmm. and understanding how can we have healthy, productive conversations and move forward. Yeah. Um, into a better society mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. um, how do we do that with all these different perspectives? Exactly, and I would, and I'm curious to see what do you consider allyship? Like when you see, when you're approached by a new person and you, uh, we're at Fuqua, so we've been introduced to a whole crew of humans um, and you're getting close to someone, you're like you're finding out more about them. What, what are some like, I guess, innate feelings that you get of like, oh, this person is trying to understand who I am and it's, they're trying to be an ally versus this person is trying to just have a gay friend. Because oh, I've yeah. heard people say that yes. and I've never understood that's what that That's a really means. fascinating question. Yeah. Hey guys, that's where we're going to take a quick pause in Chard's interview. Join us back next week where we're going to continue the conversation um, with Chard and all of his thoughts about uh, what identity means and how uh, he's continuing to find his identity and, and finding new people um, during his time at Fuqua. So we will see you and talk to you next week. Thank you.